Welcome everybody, I am John Hallett and this is the John Hallett Podcast. Um, sorry we're having video difficulty, Josh keeps saying I'm going to fire him because all I need is chat GPT, but evidently I need him, he is not here today and I don't know what's going on with my video and this OBS studio that I am using, but I am new to it. So we're going to just go with it because I already am running out of time in the day like so many of us. Thanks for joining us. This is question and answer time. So we've got some good questions here. Some of them are really on the fly. I was going to try to go live and actually I got to go back to that screen. Sorry, guys. And make sure YouTube is not having, well, YouTube was also having some issues just going live. So I was waiting for that and then we started having mic trouble and now I'm having video trouble. So um, I glanced at a few of these, but most of these are gonna be completely uh, live for me reading them on my response. I'm at one or two of them here just to see the quality. Of course, Andrew Hansen has, uh, a couple of questions, um, but the first two seem pretty good, but I'm going to skip those, see if I can figure stuff out. Um, guys, if you haven't, if you're here in Castle Rock, if you haven't checked out our new IDS Citizen Defender class, please check that out. Students, we've got a bunch of stuff on there that you can do it, really um, a class that you could do back-to-back -back with fitness or Krav Maga, won't be an issue uh, with fatigue on any of those um, beginner IDS, you guys are gonna be fine, but we've got a bunch of stuff, so please check out that schedule and try out uh, some of those classes. I was just telling my um, noon Peaceful Warrior class, I'm like, hey guys, I have an 11 a.m. You guys could come in here before if your schedule uh, allows it. If not, I've got one tonight at thir uh, 6.30 at, uh, sorry, 6.30, it's 5.45 tonight, so check that out. We'd love to have you guys in the class. So, uh, <laughs> Braden Hauer, um, if you could fight anybody in the world, who would it be and why? Well, that's tough because I, you know, really think of, you know, some celebrities that need a punch in the face. And, you know, right now I am uh, kind of tired of the woke culture i support everybody i don't really care your sexual orientation but i think we're going way too far with some of this stuff and i think anheuser bush uh just made a giant mistake um to their demographic as a whole in their new ad campaign um, i probably wouldn't punch them in the face but you know um I always, if I got a chance, if I could spar with my instructor, John Whitman, I certainly would. Um, I've never had the pleasure of sparring with Jeff Jimmo, um, fantastic fighter. I've done a lot of courses with him. Never have actually sparred with him. So I'd probably pick one of those two guys just because I know them and they're, they're uh, trained with them a ton. Uh, I would definitely pick one of those two guys. And if he had to nail me down, I'd say Jeff Jimmo because I have uh, sparred with John Whitman, but in the past. Next question, Derek Porter, did you find other disciplines, do you find other disciplines get in the way of Krav Maga and the crossover of other disciplines create bad habits? Or do you see students put a hybrid model to good use? That really depends on the practitioner. A lot of people have, have a hard time and 
when you have more than one choice, I remember a guy I trained with that was, he had done, I believe, Shotokan karate um, since like the age of six. Um, he came and started Krav Maga at the same time I did. I could see him having a lot of problems blending, but at that point, you know, we were six months to a year in Krav Maga. But when you have more than one choice for a given attack, that can slow down our OODA loop. We have more choices. So it really depends on the student. Um, I like here, and actually I was just uh, answering a question in a class Derek um, was attending here a couple minutes ago of, you know, Krav Maga is always in and out with good and bad, and we want to borrow from any discipline. So I think there's things we can always borrow, but there's definitely bad habits out there. I had trouble overcoming Taekwondo habits and fighting stance for a long time. So, you know, I usually tell people really give something a good solid try in a couple of weeks, even in my opinion, a year isn't that long. Um, certainly people can blend and train at the same time. Um, Lee, one of our black belts, trains in Aikido and dual at the same time. And, you know, if you're spending equal amount of time training and giving both disciplines um, a fair shot and or equal training time and then taking what you use. But sometimes you do make the wrong choice and it was another system. Um, we can still make the wrong choice doing Krav Maga. So always tough to tell. So next question, Dion. A lot of women don't make it to black belt in martial arts. Why do you think they stop and how would you encourage them to keep going? Um, yeah, definitely goes bad. Like the amount of women in martial arts has definitely come up over the years. Um, but it can be just training with with guys and injuries, I think, can be a big factor. It's why, you know, sometimes I get all the ladies together because it's just better training. It's, you know, if I, I'm more at risk, actually, I was uh, rolling with somebody a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, that was really close because they were that that much bigger. It was nothing that they did. It was just rolling with a bigger person and being outsized and my leg kind of got stuck underneath for a second and it was one of those, oh, this is gonna hurt and oh goodness, thank goodness, it didn't hurt. So I think it's really tough um, having training partners and you know that's something we encourage here, you know, get the ladies together and try to stick together as a group. I've, you know, heard, um, some women like, geez, I don't want to fight the guys at that that intensity. And it really shouldn't be. It should be a test at your level, not going up. And that's where the black belt uh, or prospective black belt guys need to get better and be able to control themselves where sometimes they can't. And, you know, I go back and forth on, you know, red belts, you're going to pass. Um, it, it's one of those hard decisions instructors have to make. Uh, on some students of them being aggressive and having that control. So it's it's tough, um, but like anybody, not many guys make it either. So when you kind of look at the number of women that come in our gym and the number of guys, that's it's not the same ratio. I wish it was 50-50, that would give us a better better feeling of where people are landing, but the amount of women that make it past yellow belt 
you know, look around and look at the number of guys that made it to yellow belt. So, and then multiply that out. So it's about the same, and sometimes in my opinion, but it doesn't feel the same when it's, you know, one or two women with eight guys. But out of those classes, how many guys um, started, quote unquote, around the same time? All right, I am going to scroll and look for somebody I didn't do because I kind of started in the middle, I guess. All right, as someone, this is from Ashley, as someone who has trained in multiple disciplines, martial arts styles, what about Krav Maga do you personally appreciate or per, uh, prefer over other over the others? Um, I got drawn into Krav Maga because it was, like I said earlier, it was a blend of martial arts. What works to get you home? And that's something I constantly want to improve here at RMSDF of, you know, we've done more ground before I think, you know, a lot of Krav Maga schools were. There's, of course, plenty of guys that were just like me and adding it. But a lot of people kind of stuck with what the original curriculum was a lot longer. Um, I always appreciate fighting and any aspect of any martial art. So I like that, that we borrow. Um from whatever works and we don't have a bias. Um, I, I can see a lot of martial arts don't like Krav Maga um, for whatever reason, but you know, maybe our gun defense is better. Maybe that might be something you want to blend. Um, but you know, that gets me off on a tangent of, you know, what is the quality? I've seen a lot of people try to, you know, just learn off the internet and borrow that technique, quote unquote, versus getting a full, you know, instructor training on a technique. So what Krav Maga techniques is the most underrated or underappreciated? This is also, this is second half of Ashley's question. Who, you know, what Krav Maga technique is the most underrated? I don't know. I think they're all awesome. Uh, but so you're asking the wrong guy. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have one that I think people are underrated. That would be a better question for, for students of like, what, you know, what, what don't you like? Um, a lot of times people don't like technique just because they're not good at it. So then they don't do it and then devalue that technique. So, um, if you would have to, you know, thinking about it, I don't think people appreciate the dynamics of chokes from the front side and behind where it's teaching you how to send weapons from the front side and behind. It's so much more than, oh, I'm getting choked from the side. It's what weapons, how am I turning into that fight from that position? I do say that a lot uh, in my instruction. So if I were going to be forced to say what's most underrated, I think people sometimes don't fully understand what they're getting out of a technique as a beginner. And they certainly should start to appreciate as they move up the levels. All right. This is again from Derek. What is your number one takeaway you want your youngest students to learn? And that would be like our pre-K and kindergarten age groups three to six. My number one thing I want kids to take away is confidence always. 
I want them to feel empowered and feel confident and not beaten down by society. I also want them to have an appreciation for fitness and working out and want them to understand, you know, what a bully is and when they can use their Krav Maga. That's, you know, sometimes number one of these kids not getting carried away at such a young age and hitting somebody. So, you know, hard to tell. We've definitely had our Krav Maga kids hit a sibling or something happened in school. Um, but for the most part, I think we have a really good track record of teaching those younger kids how to use their martial arts but i always want them to feel confident and feel good about themselves so much of life beats people down and life is hard so number one really for all my students including my little ones is confidence self-defense is the greatest tool you have to preserve life mostly yours so when situations pop up and you need to take safety into your own hands Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness is here to help you train in life-saving techniques to make sure that you go home safe. So to learn more, go to rmsdf.com. That's rmsdf.com to sign up for a trial class to start your training today. Remember, you fight like you train, so train hard, train smart, and train with Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness today. All right, let's look for another one. And we might as well go down to Andrew because he has like 15 questions. All right, from Andrew. What are three, like he's very specific, or more practices and techniques you use to maintain awareness when in and out uh, while shopping, dining, traveling, etc.? You know, number one, I'm just trying to people watch. I kind of people watch anyways and want to get off my phone. But definitely if I'm, you know, like, let's say at the airport and I've got some work to do, like look at some emails, answer some text messages. You got to remember, you know, be aware, like somebody comes up and um, is there. <laughs> um, I'm going to look at them just to be aware who came, you know, in this radius of you know the seats that you're at you know that 20 by 20 you know or who just walked into starbucks um occasionally it does get me in trouble with my wife and I'm like why were you looking at that girl um and i'm like i'm looking at everybody i don't know why you didn't me notice um me checking out the guy that just walked by i notice people and i will look at them but occasionally it does get me in trouble um in there so <laughs> Um, definitely look around, Andrew. Um, look around is number one. Be aware. Um, sit in a place where you can see um, people coming into a restaurant. You know, you don't want your back to the door. Um, that can be a problem at a lot of Krav Maga dinners I've been involved in over the years uh, where everybody wants the best possible seats um, and kind of make, I'm like, I am not going to get in this battle. I'll take a bad seat and you guys better be aware over there. Um, but I've seen some guys, you know, want a particular seat because it is the best tactical seat uh, at that given table. Um, you know, if you want to get crazy, usually a lot of times I don't be like, can we sit over there? Um, a lot of times it is a crowded time and there's not that best table in there. And I'm definitely not the guy that's requesting a table at a given restaurant. but. Um, stuff like that is definitely helpful, but 
you know, I'm always looking around and scoping people out while I'm out and about and trying not to get caught into whatever I'm looking for and being aware of people approaching you. So um, I wish sometimes Castle Rock was a smaller place. I used to sneak up on my students uh, on Nantucket to see their awareness um, way back when. So, um, you know, big city, um, it's tougher for us in there. And also, you know, sneaking up on a Krav Maga person isn't always the best idea. So, um, but it's that use of force, you know, you can't go crazy um, on there. So I did have a student sneak up onto me at the uh, Douglas County Fair and Parade one year, right? When you're casually sitting there and I got put in an armbar choke and, you know, I was really close. Um, Started, I was probably, hopefully, you know, I was starting, I can't remember where, but I heard a familiar voice and go, what were you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to ask you to take off, take your hands off me before I annihilate you. And it was one of my students that I'm like, but you know, you can get caught from behind at a parade and you know, you're jammed in there and things happen. So, you know, luckily that was just a, uh, you know, a student. So, but being ready to go, um, is always, you know, concerned with me when you are kind of letting your guard down for a second at a family event. And that's where your training should come in that you should have a response or hopefully your friend just messing with you, um, let you know before you're about ready to go. So, and, you know, even thinking back on that, God, it's going to be about 10, 10 years ago or more, um, the choke came around with no real intent. It was on me, but it was not restricting an airway as it came on. All right. Andrew's second out of 15 questions. I believe gun ownership and the use of guns are slowly being stripped away from Americans. Hence, non-lethal devices have flooded the market. What are your thoughts regarding the effectiveness, ease of use for the average American deployment? Uh, deployment ability, i.e. crowded and confined areas like a train, a DIA, or bathroom, and reliability of these non-lethal devices, for example, pepper spray tasers for civilian use. Um, well, first off, I am in no favor of banning weapons, and I think this is a dangerous play that some people in our government and society are trying to make. And if you look at history, um, that's a bad thing for the public, the civilians of that country. It is not a good idea. Um, so it's nothing I, I am not going to give up my firearm. I am moving to someplace that I can protect myself. That is number one. I am not going to live in a society that is taking gun ownership away and the ability to protect yourself uh, because there's nobody there coming for you. Um, the argument against and all this active shooter stuff, I don't want to get into, but I think that's a mental health crisis in our society. It is crazy um, taking away guns from responsible citizens and taking their right away to defend their family is not a society I want to live in. 
Um, if you need a firearm, a taser is not doing the job. Pepper spray is not doing the job you needed in the worst case scenario. When all of those politicians, presidents, have their security detail carrying pepper spray and tasers, then I might think about it. But until those a-holes <laughs> have a security detail carrying non-lethal means of protection I am not giving up my firearm and nor should they ask they are not above us to take away <laughs> our weapons and our ability because we don't even have a security detail with hand-to-hand -hand, let alone armed with um, tasers and pepper spray we don't have a security detail so we don't have anybody protecting our family i think it's crazy i don't even want to go there it, uh, i think you need the tool for the job and when you need the right tool having that tool taken away from you is nowhere i want to live so um, these politicians are crazy in my opinion we need to get back to basics you need to get back to basics in this country. All right. Another one from Andrew. Your thoughts on the new gun accessories being released to regular Americans. Items that used to be reserved for special forces units. For example, the, uh, the Thermodyne Duo DPX States. I have no idea what this is. This is the first commercial rifle scope to combine the effectiveness of a thermal imaging detection at any time of day with the comfort of color daytime observation. Thanks for throwing that in there, Andrew. Look, for um, the average citizen, if they need to protect themselves, I think you know the best accessory, the best thing that they could use to defend their family, I think should be reserved. If they're putting this out there, I think people have done the research. Obviously, you can see the active shooter implications on something like this. And I, that's why I think background checks that we already have, and there's so many laws out there. And, you know, one thing I've been saying lately on background checks and these things that I think it's the responsibility of the family that hey, I think Andrew is a little crazy and maybe his gun should be taken away. I think, you know, a lot of gun owners look at this stuff um, and anybody can get their guns taken away if somebody makes a claim, but you should be able to clear yourself in a timely manner um, that it's just, you know, an angry friend or relative, whatever it may be. But I think relatives of these active shooters should be held accountable um, when they're taking something or they're buying a firearm for a family member. I'm like, if you don't know that family member that well, you should not be buying a firearm for them. You should be held responsible for giving your cousin a firearm because they're mentally unstable. You should, I don't like that. I think people should be held responsible for this and the parents like you didn't see this with your kid coming 
you should be held responsible. You are a bad parent. Um, you know, of course, there's those recluses that are, you know, in a cabin in Montana planning a, a scenario and they're not around anybody. Um, those things happen. Um, there's always been violent people out there. I really firmly believe they're just going to pick up a sword and start hacking people's heads off. If they're that mentally ill and they want to take lives, they're just going to find another way. Um, we're demonizing the firearm. So I, I disagree on limiting people um, from a good means. This one, obviously, you can really see. And maybe it should have been, you know, one of those weapon systems that's just in the hands of military. If they're, if this is put out there, you can also see, you know, hunting benefits of these things. Or you could see the zombie apocalypse scenario where you might need this to be t protecting your, you know, five acres, your 40 acre property. Or maybe you're held up on the top of some hill somewhere and... You know, having the best um, system that you can protect your family, you might need it. So taking things out of responsible people's hands, I disagree with, and we should all have the best means possible. But um, I think that answers that. I and we're kind of I'm getting a little sidetracked on back to taking guns away from people. Making the change we want is the hardest choice we have to make. There is no time like now to get into shape and make health your priority. Stop hesitating and join Clear Sky Training now. We utilize proven and effective regimens created by our in-house team of health professionals to get you stronger, quicker, and happier. To join, simply go to clearsky.training and sign up for one of our convenient classes. We love to work with all fitness levels from beginners to advanced. So make the choice, make the change, and join Clear Sky Training today. All right, Jamie Hoffman, if you had the opportunity to go to Israel and train Krav Maga, would you? Why would you or why would you not? I would not. Um, at this point, I've had some friends that said they had some bad experiences. Now, um, in the past, I know John was from Krav Maga Alliance was organizing something. Um, to do uh, something and I would definitely do something that John was organizing and would have faith that that was going to be, you know, really valuable training. Uh, but I've had friends do Krav Maga trips and were disappointed. Um, really for me, I would not because I would rather go to Costa Rica and some other things and just relax on my vacation and when I'm taking time off and time away from the gym and um, this one the family i would choose something to do with my family over doing that when i could just as well do a quick weekend um, with john whitman or go do some other propaganda training that's around the country at a friend's gym you name it so i would not do it just for family and i've seen some of those trips so they're quite expensive so i would spend my money uh, doing a family trip and just relaxing. Um, Bryson wants to ask how you became a black belt. Hard work and discipline. Hard work and discipline. And Bryson, I was listening to my mother. 
Um, so you got to put in that hard work. You want to put it put in a black, get a black belt. A lot of people just aren't willing to put in the time and training it takes to get to that level. It's a big commitment, especially our gym. You've got to put in the time. You're not just going to get one just because you showed up and you were slacking off, fooling around, laughing in class constantly. Um, and that's like some of the kids, uh, Bryson's want Jamie's son in our kids program. And sometimes, you know, the kids are fooling around and I'm all for having a good time. If we, you know, even the adults, if we're not having a good time and having a laugh once in a while, you know, it's got to be fun, but you definitely got to put in the time and have the discipline to stay after it when you don't want to do it. All right. I think I've got to look over on the project fit side for a question and make sure I'm not leaving that side out because it was posted over there for our members here at RMSDF, but they definitely aren't as active over on that side of the gym as the Krav Maga side. So, and it could be, oh no, on the wrong band. I'm looking at the coaches, which we no longer really use. Let's see. All right. Again, Jamie, thanks for posting over here. You're awesome as always. What is you and Jenny's favorite workout to do together? Um, well, we were just joking around the other day. Anything with thrusters and burpees, we generally like to do. Um, you know, we definitely like to do Murph together. You know, any hard workout, we really like going through those workouts together. Um, and that we're both crashed out on the couch um, on a Saturday night um, and falling asleep um, early versus the other one being, I didn't do anything, I feel great. Um, but I, it's hard to say, there's just so many good workouts. We've really just um, kind of really fell in love with the TJ workout, even though somebody was complaining that it might not be hard enough for her as usual and not gonna be enough of a sweat. Um, that we did TJ a couple weeks ago. That was a great hero workout. And I hope I'm, I hope I'm really bad with names and initials sometimes. Let me make sure I've got the right one. But that was a good one. So let's see. Workout. Who knows if this web link is good. Yeah. So we modified it. It is 10 bench press uh, at the hero weight of 185 pounds, and then 10 strict pull-ups, and then as many thrusters as you can do with 135. I did this workout with 50-pound dumbbells because... Uh, Regular barbell bench always aggravates my bad shoulder no matter what, and the position um, in, in dumbbells is much better for my shoulder. So I did that. I did that at 100 pounds, uh, fit two 50-pound dumbbells. I did not go over the 185. Um, we modified this one. We'll probably go back and do it, but um, I had just done ch chest. Uh, I had just done back 
and buys the day before. So we scaled it the first time we did it to five strict pull-ups. And then you're doing as many thrusters as you can. My game plan was 10 thrusters at a time. There was a point towards the end that I did two sets of 15, just trying to get ahead a little bit, but that really added up. So it ended up being 10 sets um, or nine sets for me. So the, the more you can do on those thrusters, you know, the less you have to do of the bench press and pull up. But you know, like every game plan, like once you get hit, sometimes your game plan changes in those fitness workouts, just like a fight. So it's a good one. I like it. You know, you definitely uh, try to do it differently. What did I do it on the thruster? I might have done dumbbells as well. I think I did. Yeah, I did below my old guy weight, which I call is 75 pounds for a lot of thrusters to 95. I think I was doing about 70 pounds total um, with my dumbbells or 75. What was I doing? I can't even remember. I did either 30, 60 pounds or I did 35 pounds. Sounds like I did 30. I think I did 30s on there and yeah it was bad enough you know i probably could have cranked out a few more but jenny really likes that one i like that one we'll probably do it again here and probably do it um with the 10 strict pull-ups and that's going to play a big factor into those um that weight of that thruster so i'm not even sure i would change my thruster weight you know feeling a little bit more rested potentially you know going into a hero workout where you want to give it your best generally i like to come into it with a, at least one day rest or you know a real easy uh, kind of workout day so thanks jamie for posting over on the project fit side tina let's see mark who else of course kim Definitely should have posted here. I know you guys are on this um, a bunch. So I will, I don't think I posted this on Facebook. So I think that's all our questions. You know, if you guys like this model of the question and answer, um, I tried to do it off the cuff here where I was saying I was going to be live on YouTube or live on um, the podcast. I couldn't figure out. I thought I knew how to do the podcast. And then I ran into all those other technical difficulties. So if you guys have been listening this long, thanks for listening to me ramble on uh, with everybody's questions here. And I love answering uh, students' questions all the time. It's definitely something as an instructor I enjoy. Um, our class today got off on a few different things uh, similar to some of these questions. I like answering questions. We can't always take the time in a class because we are trying to get those reps, but sometimes I do take the time because we need it. We need to get in deep and to that mental side of the training, the philosophy behind our training, the tactics where we're not actually physically doing things. They're fantastic. So I hope uh, a bunch of people listen to this from the gym and anywhere out there in Krav Maga and martial arts land. We love all martial arts here. Um, we want to borrow from whatever works. So different things don't work for different people. So I take anything we can do to get better. Um, I have a private wrestling coach that we've hired um, for the instructors to get better on the IDS side. And it's always fun to see somebody else's passion. Um, but I don't like to get stuck in a lane. I always want to have an open mind when it comes to 
martial arts and that's why a lot of times in our Krav Maga classes I will say this isn't in the Krav Maga book you're gonna move somewhere it's not in a Krav Maga book this is just martial arts um, is how I look at every discipline it's just a martial art if I can borrow from it if it seems something practical um, I would definitely use it and oh I do have one more question that since they posted it I will read it and try to be quick um, why did you uh, from Derek why did you choose IDS I chose it because it came highly recommended by a friend and I saw how badass he was with a firearm and how smooth he was and when I found out you know his passion for IDS I def I wanted to train with Todd uh, one conversation with Todd drew me in. He was a great guy. Um, seemed like something I wanted to do. What he was saying made sense to me as far as the gun industry being out of date and not really willing to change. Um, it's, you know, as, he, as Todd says, it's 50 years at least out of date, especially on the civilian side. And what's out there for military training, um, that's a ton of guys out there now training. And that's not a civilian case. Todd's not military. It's civilian. And at first I'm like, oh, you know, it seemed more, even, um, I'd maybe more bought in or your credentials would go up a level if you were military. Um, but, you know, pondering it more and more, we're talking about civilian use of firearms military have a total different protocol and generally have a bunch of friends with them so the protocol and the scenarios that these military guys have trained on aren't what the average civilian defender is going to face and that's what this uh, citizen defender program is with ids which is integrative defense strategies and that's todd's thing uh, he's a great guy uh, that's what drew me in. Um, his instructor training has drawn me even more. Um, I think I just told you today, I really like how he says, you know, you just might want to consider this. He's not going to be dogmatic on any technique and how you hold the firearm and different things, how you're carrying, where you're carrying. He's not dogmatic. Um, he just gives you things to consider. So I think he's a fantastic guy and it's geared towards civilian stuff. I mean, what about room clearing? I'm like, when am I going to be room clearing unless it's the zombie apocalypse? So, um, but we can always, you know, build off of that. And IDS definitely progresses in those situations and those levels of what are you going to be doing when you hear somebody in your house and you need to get to your daughter's room, you know, maybe possibly for some of us on a different floor, you know, a lot of us uh, on the same floor, um, but I'll tell you guys one quick last story. If you've hung in there this far, um, my law enforcement instructor for Krav Maga once heard uh, the front door open, you know, and the pressure change of that door hitting and kind of hitting uh, his blinds in his room. He got up without his firearm, without his lights. He gets to the stairs and is going what am I going to do here? He sees somebody and they have something in their hands. 
Um, should I go back for my firearm or am I going to Krav Maga? Are they going to get to a kid's room before I get back with my firearm and my flashlight? Uh, luckily for him, he went to Krav Maga and he went down the stairs. I think he said he had a landing. I think he said he jumped to the landing uh, and then proceeded to go full Krav Maga on this person which turned out to be a, yeah, I think it was a high school student. I'm not sure if they were college, but somebody young, and they had picked up a trophy off of his table that one of his kids had just gotten from a sport. And this guy had walked into the wrong house that it turns out, you know, as he says, I didn't double check the door i thought my wife had locked it right because we all make mistakes and this guy is a badass marine fyi derek um he is a badass um he um like we made the mistake we i didn't check the door myself this person got in they were lost there was a house party um next door and this person had gone out to their car and went back into the wrong house um so luckily for him, he just received a beat down. I'm sure that was probably appropriate once he realized that, you know, he had no problem putting this guy down. He's LAPD, fantastic guy, and actually now uh, does a whole lot of uh, writing and um, consulting with, um, I'm gonna forget his resume now, but a whole lot of gun magazines and online sources here and even uh, is doing stuff, I, I believe, for a firearm company or two. So um, uh, you never know when you're going to need it. You never know when you're going to need that tool and everything else. But, you know, the civilian side of IDS drew me in. And, you know, that video that's leaving a lot of people like, but what is it? It seems cool, but I don't know what it is. It's uh, as... Uh, as Todd told me, you know, if you can get to my level eight, which, you know, kind of think of black belt, you are going to be one bad motherfucker um, and being able to protect yourself and your family. And, you know, it didn't come off as a pitch to me. Um, came off as an honest guy of like, what are you going to get out of my training? If you get this far, you're going to be one bad motherfucker. So, um, hopefully Bryson isn't tuning into this episode at this point, but, you know, sometimes it's got to be frank, and sometimes, you know, swearing isn't always the best thing, but sometimes it really does sum it up, and uh, just saying, uh, even peaceful warrior, that's my word, uh, Todd actually really liked that, and of course I borrowed that from a fantastic book, um, the movie Sucks. Uh, the peace, the way of the peaceful warrior. All right, guys, that's been uh, long enough. Uh, I hope you, uh, if you tuned in um, and I answered your questions, see myself or Jamie uh, for a fit aid, a mountain ops bar uh, or a mountain ops ignite that you can just throw into your water bottle and use. All right, guys, I am John Hallett. This is the John Hallett Podcast, FYI. That was not what I wanted to name it. That's what Josh wanted to name it. So it always feels funny for me calling it the John Hallett Podcast. But, um, you know, be humble out there, guys. Be humble, be respectful. That's how I try to be. 
Thanks a lot, guys. Take care and be safe out there.